0: This is a presentation of Northeast Streaming Sports.
1: Good morning. You're listening to the Mac and Jack Sports Show on Northeast Streaming Sports.
0: And welcome to the This Week in Sports with Mac, Jack, and Jim Chefcoat. I'm your host, Mac, with your co-host, Jack Hirsch, former boxing president of Boxing Writers Association of America, Jim Jeffcoat, of course, two-time Super Bowl champion with the Dallas Cowboys. Today we'll have on Keith Angle, Robert Butler, the Philly sports guy, and our special guest, Kermit Washington, former NBA uh, player with the Celtics, drafted by the Lakers, Um, also played with a few other teams. So we'll get to him about 9.30. So thanks for joining us. How are you doing today, guys? Hey, good, fellas. Doing great, doing great. Excellent, excellent. So, I I wasn't sure where to start with this week. It was, there's a lot of there's a lot of news out there, but I want to start with Wembenyana He goes his first appearance in the summer league. Has a whopping nine points in front of a packed house uh, versus rookies and other uh, veterans in the summer league. And Jim, you've been critical. Of Ben I don't know if critical is the right word or not, but you've been you've been saying let's not get our hopes up kind of with Wimbenna. And and uh I'll let you go and have at it right now. What do you think?
2: Well, I was watched, I wanted to watch the game because I wanted to have some comments on it. I think the kid has ability, but here's the problem. I always said he didn't play in the top league in France, and it's showing up because Brandon Miller made he put him. I mean, it was embarrassing when he Brandon Miller, but that could happen. But the kid has some interesting abilities. He can dribble and he can shoot and he does have that height. He's just gotta get stronger. Uh perfect example is when Chet Hogram, who was from um, Gonzaga last year, and he hurt his foot. He uh I think he broke his foot and he couldn't play. Do you see and if you look at him last year, he looked like Win but this year, he looks like a NBA player, and it's showing. It's showing. And I think this is there. There's a process that you have to go through. This kid, when you see LeBron, LeBron, and guys like that, LeBron was 260 pounds coming in in the NBA. I mean, he was a grown man. This kid yeah. has got to get weight on him. I, I think he's going to be a, a really good player now after watching him, but it's going to take time.
3: Jim's a hater. Wemba is <laughs> gonna be a great player. Jim has to understand. They have to develop. He's not gonna come in. He's not gonna start dominating it. Dominating. He's a tall, thin kid. He's gotta That's physically develop saying, as you're saying, but you're saying he's gonna be a very good player. He's going to be a great player. He you want to know something? The player. San Antonio Spurs. Already showing their faith in him indirectly, you know, they just signed coach pop to a five year Deal to make him the highest paid coach in the history of the NBA five years and he's Whoa. age 74
2: jack you gotta also remember in the NBA you're playing the best in the world Remember that and this kid good morning, Rick, but this kid has he has to go through a growing process. I'm not saying he's he'll be a very good player, but is he on the level of LeBron, uh, uh, Kareem, guys like that? I don't think so. At this point, I don't see it. Kareem was a
3: four-year of... player at UCLA. Yeah. Yeah. Four-year player, one of the great high school players as yes. well. Yes. No one expects him to be that in the beginning. I mean... We're talking three, four years down the line when when Banyan is going to start he's making be a his very mark. good
2: player. I really do. After watching him, he has some unique skills. It's going to take time, though. And you're right, three or four years. Good morning, Rick. Keith Dingle didn't and wake Gordon up and, and just be his, his greatness. He didn't bring his greatness
0: in. <laughs> Gorky, I think <laughs> he did bring now. his greatness in. I mean, you know, he's
1: uh I just wake up and it's there. It's just he's I don't too, know. He's too professional. Whoa, 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 whoa,
3: whoa! Why do we have to stop when Keith Engel walks into a team meeting after the meeting gets started? Everyone has to stop. That's what wow. it's the equivalent of. We're having a team meeting. Keith walks in and we all have to stop and start over. He's like the student who comes late to class and he expects the teacher to repeat what they <laughs> said. He's just got to make it on time. Mac
1: is on a roll this morning, Keith. How uh, is this morning, Keith? 8.05 is my time that Mac gives me, so I, I always show up early.
3: That's why you should get fined. Coach Coughlin would fine <laughs> players for coming five minutes early, let alone late. Well, we're, we're all kind of little distraught right
2: now with what's going on with the Yankees and it's kind of they won yesterday but I mean, well it's,
0: kind of, it's been a well, tough week I, to I guess I guess Jim wants to talk about the Yankees first so we'll talk about them first <laughs> uh, Stan has two home runs so he's earned his salary for the year that's it he's done
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah
0: he'll he get hurt <laughs> really. he's all set Rod don't look solid in his first performance Keith so that's gotta that's gotta be a, uh, you know something <clears that's throat>
1: I feel good about that. Yes, I mean, I don't. I still have my reservations about whether that will continue. But you know, at this point, I gotta hope it does because the pitching staff is just, you know, in disarray. Severino's just been awful. He may not even stay in the rotation uh, the way it looks. So,
0: yeah, I heard. I heard he might be going to become a reliever.
1: They they may put him in a bullpen. Yeah, and we, it's, it's the one place the Yankees have some strength, and, you know, we need starters right now. That's the problem. Let yeah.
2: me ask you this question, and I'm just asking. Do you think this is happening with Major League Baseball because of that clock? These guys are throwing. I mean, I was watching um, the Rangers against um, uh, the Washington uh, Washington's team, and just that clock, they're going on such a fast pace. They don't have that much
1: time i do practical. i do think that the clock has something to do with it uh yeah. with certain guys not everybody yeah and, and if you've noticed one of the things that i noticed is that kids who spent time in the minor leagues more time in the minor leagues with the clock they don't have to adjust to it it's a guys who would never spend any time with a exactly. clock having the hardest time and max Scherzer, also he spent a very outspoken critic at his thing saying pitchers will get hurt it's you know changing their rhythm listen i it's, it's probably, of all the rule changes, it's probably the one that I've come to live with the most because I do think the pace of play needed to be picked up, you know, but there's been some unintended consequences from it as well.
2: Yes, and I just was noticing that because I was watching a couple games and I was noticing it. These pitchers don't look the same.
1: No, no.
2: And you're getting more runs now. You're obviously getting uh, more runs.
0: Well, you know, I mean, I, I'm, I'm glad because there are pitchers out there that do pitch fast. And the batters would get out just to break their rhythm, too, to uh, to stop them from, from pitching so fast. So I think it does help the, pitch, the pitchers that throw quickly. It does help them out a lot. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the Yankees recall, uh, what is it, Frankie Cordura, Corduro, uh up from the minors again because of the injury. Uh, I think it was to Bauer, if I'm not mistaken. Um, have you ever seen the team – Send so many players down and bring so many players up during the year. I know injuries have something to do with it, but I mean, it seems like every day there's somebody going up and somebody coming down. And what, what have you ever seen anything like that?
1: Well, I'm sure I have. Not not recently, and not with the Yankees. I mean, I can remember back. I have to go back thirty years to when the Yankees weren't very good. You know, after their uh, '70s dynasty, mini dynasty. Um, where they were kind of having this same kind of thing—guys up and down, guys brought in and released—and but it, it doesn't bode well. You, when you don't have any kind of uh, uh, you know synergy on the team, it, it hurts you after a while. You don't build a team team chemistry, and look at they're they're thin as it is, and if guys you know the guys that are replacing the guys that they replaced are getting hurt, it's going to yeah. get ugly before it gets better. I'm afraid.
0: I think I think you can only go up or down three times before something happens to so there's some kind of rule.
1: Well, everybody's got an X amount of options where you can send them back and forth. And then you have to expose them to waivers after that. Right. So right exactly. Exactly. That's, wh- uh, that's why sometimes you, in the numbers game, you might see somebody who didn't warrant getting sent down because they couldn't send somebody else down because he was out of options. So. Right. Right. Uh,
0: Rick brings up yesterday that Jack was saying that you could watch MLB game with home commentators uh, so there you go. I guess we'll uh, it out. So
1: Rick is fact-checking you, Jack, and you past system. Yeah. this time. So, um, you, you can do that. Even on Prime. Uh, I know on Prime. Yeah. I, I don't know about Apple, but I know on Prime I have the choice to watch the Yankees with the Yankee broadcast, or I can watch the Prime broadcast. And can't you uh, do
2: about ESPN too,
1: Keith? No, I don't think so. ESPN. Oh, ESPN
2: Plus,
3: you could do that. The Major League Baseball package, you can do it. They have, like, all the games on there. But would you want to do that? Watch a Yankee game with broadcasters from another team. It depends who the broadcasters are. If you have a particular favorite, you know, you I, do it.
1: When I can get a day off from Michael K., I take it. I, go I don't
0: like Michael K either, He's, I don't know. Uh, I like
3: him. Michael K. I'll, I'm an exception. So, anyway, uh,
0: let's get to some Patriots. Some interesting news. And you brought it up Friday. It's saying, uh, I don't know everybody knows this or not. But Bill Belichick may break the NFL record for the most losses before he breaks the record for the most wins. Yep. Now, this is going to be interesting down the road, Keith, if this happens and say he does finish with more losses than wins. When they start comparing him to the greats, the NFL great coaches of all time, that stat's going to jump out and they're going to say, well, he's not as good as Vince Lombardi. He's not as good as, uh, you know, as, as this guy or that guy. Because you have more losses than wins. And I can see that happening. How about you?
1: Yeah, I don't. It depends. I, right. look, he coached three times longer than Lombardi coached, for one thing. Tom Landry's number five on that list, as yes, Jim probably that's what I was
2: about to say. And,
1: you know, you have to have been a very good coach to have had, been around long that's enough to true. lose 160 games. You know? I'm just, I'm just telling you how revisionists will. We'll, we'll, no, I, I we'll don't doubt that.
3: Here I think. Yeah, but
2: most of those losses came in Cleveland, correct? Uh well the mo-
1: yeah he had the
3: majority of them okay. yeah, yeah, I, think I think he was thirty six and forty four at Cleveland and made oh, the right. playoffs one year yeah but Cleveland yeah they weren't too good of a team I mean he didn't elevate them to another level in yeah. all fairness well, I mean you look at like, you look at coaches whether they elevate a team at all not they don't have to necessarily win championships yeah, Vince I'm Lombardi right. the one year he was with the Redskins after leaving the Packers. They were 7, 5, and 2. It doesn't seem impressive until you remember they had 14 years in a row of losing seasons. and then he put them in the plus column. Yeah,
2: Yeah. but Pete Carroll was – if you look at Pete Carroll's record, I'm sure Mm -hmm. he's on that list too.
1: He's not in the top five, but he's probably around it because he's coaching – well, you know what, though? He had a long break where he coached in college, so I don't know that his – Yeah, but
2: remember the Jets and that? Patriots. Yeah, yeah. You yeah, know, I, to...
0: I, 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 the only reason why the only reason why I bring this up, guys, because I know, you know, after Bill, Bill Belichick retires, there's going to be okay. Who's the greatest coach of all time? And they're going to put that percentage up and they're going to say, well, of course, Bill Belichick shouldn't even be in the discussion anymore. No matter if he won all the Super Bowls. No, I, I mean, I just, I, I know. I think.
1: Look at 106. If he loses 170 games, let's say whatever the number is, uh, all I, I care about is this. Six that he won on the last day of the season, than to win the Super Bowl. How is that not? Exactly. How is that not more relevant than the losses? When won six.
2: I yeah, I mean, this I
1: mean, big. if you won one fluke Super Bowl and you lost two hundred games, well, then I get it. But Ben, you're not wrong, Mac. There will be people that are Bill Belichick the Terrence. Yes, yeah. Keith is I'm getting some of oh. my. Well, question, Keith.
3: Let's say the rumors are true that there's a little dissension between Kraft and Belichick. Let's say, hypothetically, New England has a terrible year. They go 6-11, and 11, and behind the scenes, Kraft and Belichick are feuding, and Kraft buys Belichick at the end of the year. They both mutually decide to move on. Does Belichick coach elsewhere? He'll get a job. He'll get a job offer for sure.
1: My guess, right now, my gut would say no, because he's going to be, I mean, I think he's 71 right now, I think, okay. or maybe two, maybe 72, um, so he'll be 73. I just don't think, I think he's done. Maybe he'll take a front office job, a consultant job like Parcells did with the Dolphins, and, you know, maybe he'll do something like that, regardless of how he leaves. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I, I, I mean, you know, uh, Jack is right. Yeah. Belichick can get a job anywhere when he, when he, when he coaches ba- basically almost anywhere. That they yeah. have if to he wants team. one, yeah. yeah, if he wants yeah. one, yeah. There's no, yeah. there's no doubt about that. Well, uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about the Knicks, but I don't see any uh, big injury uh, injuries or any big uh, rumors. I know they're starting the summer league. Did you see anything uh, from the Knicks in the summer league? Uh, that you're looking for, any rookies, any vets that are staying with the team? Uh,
1: Keith? Uh, I haven't seen a lot of summer league play, to be honest with you. I haven't watched. It's not something that I really put a lot of emphasis on. But um, I think the thing to watch for right now is what happens with uh, Fournier and that contract is I don't think he'll be part of this team (laughs) come training camp. And I do think that he a serviceable player for him because he's got that expiring contract, which teams normally like.
3: Yeah, yeah, they didn't play
1: him last year, Keith. He has no value. And the value is in his contract that's going to expire, that's yeah. his value.
2: Because you saw Patty Mills, what happened with Patty Mills, he got traded three times in 10 days because of an expiring contract.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. Um, yeah. A, few, a few other news I want to get to. Um, and 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 Jim will, Jim will, uh, um, uh, have a comment on this Um, Dylan who played for Cincinnati and the Patriots. So, you know, him too, uh, Keith, he's kind of upset that he's not getting notoriety, that he's not in the ring of honor in Cincinnati, that he's not, uh, you know, uh, hall of fame. He's not been uh, at least what's the word I'm looking for. Like Jim was that, you know, put on a ballot or anything like that. And, And Jim, you know, I know that locally here, I, I, I contributed a lot. We have like what they call a town hall of fame. Right. And as a yes. player and coach, player and coach, I did a lot for the town. I, 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 I was pretty successful at both. I never got in that thing. I probably never will, but I'm not bitter about that. I know what I did. I know the accomplishments I, I made and, and, and you on a much larger scale, you only made one pro bowl. You're not in the ring of honor yet. You, 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 you got nominated to go to uh, the hall of fame, but you never made it in. Um, I mean, are you bitter about that, Jim? Or-
2: Why would you be bitter? I mean, it's the experience of there. And I understand what Corey Dillon is saying. He's, uh, from my understanding, um, and Rick makes a good point. You still, you know what you're all very good is not bad. But the problem is with Corey Dillon's situation is the way they vote their Hall of Fame in Cincinnati is through the fans. Yeah. And it's not through the uh, uh uh, Paul Brown. So, well, it's not really Paul Brown. Wait,
3: but. wait, wait. One thing I don't get, Corey Dillon, maybe he's deserving. I'm not saying he's not. But he forced his way out of Cincinnati. You yeah. force your way out of an organization, and then you want them to basically grow a benefit for you, a testimonial dinner that. or something. That-
2: you guys talk about stats. You look at his stats. It's up there with some of the top players
1: he leads, he leads the franchise in rushing yards by a yes. large, exactly. large, large margin. Wow. And I get what Jack's saying. He did force his way out. And if the fans are in control of this, then he'll probably never get it. But exactly. he, is, he is deserving.
2: Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of people who are deserving. I just saw an article where Terrell Owens said that Darren Woodson should be in the Hall of Fame before John Lynch. And honestly, playing with Darren and knowing Darren,
1: he is at Hall of Fame. He yeah. Hall, hall of Fame is certainly, you know, there's certainly a higher standard when you're talking about a team Hall of Fame or Ring of Honor, you know, and you're only honoring what they did for that franchise. And Corey Dillon probably belongs. But Corey Dillon always had a, a mercurial, uh, you know, yes. with, with the Bengals. He yeah. straightened out his act. He's one of those bad acts that the Patriots and really – conformed and contributed to uh, a Super Bowl champion there. No
3: question. Mac, you asked Jim, was he bitter? Jim says no, and I believe Jim. But it's all a comparison game. If lesser players than Jim got in the ring of honor for Dallas, yeah, Jim would be mad about it. He'd be upset about it, despite what he says. If a much lesser player got in. And that's what Corey Dillon was complaining about. And plus, a guy Jack. like Anthony Munez is getting in the head of him. I don't think there's any complaints no, there.
2: But Jack, that's why people criticize Jerry. And I think Jimmy Johnson should be in the Hall of Fame. But Darren Woodson is. Ring in the of honor, Bonnie, you mean? He's in the Ring of Honor. I yeah, he's in the, in the Hall. Yeah. He is in the Ring of Honor. And Woodson is in the Ring of Honor. You have no problems with that. But they were, you know. They helped the success of the Cowboys, so that's it. And not everybody's going to get in the Ring of Honor, not everybody's going to get in the Hall of Fame. It's a very exclusive club, and it should be.
0: Well, you know, I think me, Jack, and maybe even Keith are more upset you're not, you know, in the in the Ring of Honor or in the Hall of Fame than you are. So it's just it's funny the way that stuff works out. You know, there's one thing, the other thing I wanted to get with Keith, get with Keith and, and the opinion, you guys, uh, before. We are, uh, uh, you know, before Keith has to go, the new NBA midseason tournament they got going on here that uh Silverman has been trying to get in there for uh for uh, uh, past few years. He finally got it in with the latest contract, so this is wh- how it works out. And I was going to bring it up Friday, and Jack said, Wait till we get the official word. So here it is uh, the new annual tournament for all 30 teams starts on uh, 3 three November and ends of December uh, with a, with a t- championship uh, on December 9th in Las Vegas. All teams will be randomly drawn into a group of five, one game versus each opponent to two games at home, two and a remote knockout round, knockout round single eliminations, compete for a prize pool and a new uh, in-season trophy called the NBA Cup. And here's the conferences real quick. Group A A is Philadelphia, Cleveland, Atlanta, and Indianapolis. uh, And Detroit, Group B is Milwaukee, New York, Miami, Washington, and Charlotte. And last group is Boston, uh, Brooklyn, Toronto, Chicago, and Orlando. So those are the three groups that they randomly drew. It's not, you know, they drew them based off winning percentage, but these teams were randomly drew to go into each group. What is the
1: purpose of this? I I have no idea. I see none. I see no purpose at all. You've already playing for a championship during the regular season. I don't understand what they're doing. I get they want to copy the WBC a little bit, but then make it an international competition if you're going to play something like this. Exactly. Value in that. USA and, and all the other countries playing like they do in baseball and soccer and whatever else. Um that would be worthy to me, but this, just to watch teams that are already playing against each other, play against each other in a tournament, it makes, I don't get it. It's a, it's probably for money grab and they'll, you know, whatever. I just, I don't get it.
0: I I, I have no idea why, why they would do something like that. I I don't know. Um, The AFC West is named the NFL's most overrated in the league. Um, Some of us have said that before. Um, Denver and the Raiders, I think, are the two teams that really are – the reason why they're saying that, I think Kansas City and San Diego are are two really good, of course, KC being a Super Bowl champion. And I think San Diego is a You know,
3: overrated goes according to expectations. That poll should have come out a year ago when big things were expected of all four teams. We no longer expect that. So I don't see how it's overrated at this point. That's a good point, but Jack.
2: But Jack, be careful because now they're saying the AFC East is going to do what the AFC West was supposed to do last year.
3: Well, that means my, you know, Miami, New England, Buffalo. One of them is going to have a down year. Maybe two of them.
1: Not Maybe. the jet. <laughs> if you
3: see the picture of Aaron Rodgers in the weight room, guys, he is. Oh crazy. my God! I was. Still, you know, something. I, up. You I, see I was. Get, smiling I was, in the weight room, man. <laughs> oh, man. I get
0: to the jet news later, and we still are. But if that's the jet's biggest story, That well, <laughs>
3: That is the biggest story. <laughs> yeah, the biggest that, story the jet, so. That that one photo <laughs> itself has me psyched. Okay. <laughs> Now you got a new poster for your wall, Jack. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: Sorry, Jared, Jack. About the you worrying about the beefcake here. Uh, yeah.
0: <laughs> DeAndre Hopkins says he will retire when he's not a thousand yard receiver. Jim, how soon is that going to be?
1: Next year, <laughs> 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 he got
2: to find a team first.
1: He got to right. play to get a thousand yards,
0: so yes. <laughs> so, I mean, I don't know if that counts or not, but that is also. A, a good point, uh, Keith. Your your uh, your opinion. Even though you relate to supper, your opinion on Wim Benyana, Uh What what is your opinion? Just seeing him in his first appearance. Um, listen, Jim um, thinks he's going to be a good player. Jack thinks he's a generational player. What do you think?
1: I have to wait before I call him a generational player. Let me see him play against real in real games, uh, and probably not for a year or two, and then I'll I'll give you my judgment. Right now, I think he'll be a very good player. And the rest, if he becomes generational, I mean, you got to show me something on the court before I say you're a generational player or going well, to be. Yeah, another been. Hakeem Elijah one. Put it that way. Is oh, Elijah oh, a
3: generational player? Oh, he, he
1: will never. No, he won't be. I,
2: there is not. It's not even close. Akeem was the dream,
1: and he was a great player coming in. But I wouldn't have called yes. him a generational player as he got there too. He still have to earn it on the court in the NBA, right? Kobe Bryant, when he first came in, he didn't play like a generational player his first year too. No, that's true.
0: That's and true. he
1: was—he was a young kid, you know, like Lemby here.
0: That's true. Scott, uh, Scoot Henderson, Amin Thompson—all looked good, but they all got—they both got hurt. Yeah. 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 So. Um, so I think they'll be out like four – one's going to be out four to six weeks. I think that's uh, Amen there. That's a great first name too. Scoot Amen, two great nicknames that I, I would have a lot of fun with if I was uh, one of the players. Keith, you got a rookie uh, a receiver who used to play for LSU. Um, let me see if I get his name right. Keyshawn Batou, Batay.
1: Close enough. I would okay. say Batay, something like that. It's a tough <laughs> name to pronounce, I get it. But uh, – your question about him is: he's he's, he's been
0: injured? But in his uh, freshman year, at LSU had uh, 45 catches, yeah. 735 yards, five TDs. He's yeah. determined to make the team. Um, what do you think? What do you think about this kid?
1: I like the kid. He's got a lot of upside. I mean, if he performs anywhere close to where he was uh, in his freshman year at LSU. And, again, this is a sixth or seventh-round pick, I think, uh, maybe fifth-round pick. Uh, but they picked a couple wide receivers down there that they think have high upside. If they don't make that team, it's not a big loss. Uh, but if they do make it, they need contributors there. And I, I like the kid's chances. I really do. Okay. Mm-hmm. If Again, his attitude attitude might have been a problem with him as well in college. And, you know, sometimes that gets straightened out and sometimes it doesn't. So that may play a big part in his development here in training camp.
0: Okay. Okay. Uh- NFL some more NFL news a lot of people think the Rams are in a dismantle uh there's talk Steelers might get a shot at Aaron Donald uh, they're talking about Stafford might get be getting uh traded or left and 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 they're gonna go in full rebu- uh, rebuild mode you know this is where we got that big question Jack thinks all this stuff when you sign these pay- players if you win a Super Bowl it, it was worth it but to me after you, you know after you win that Super Bowl you're gonna have years of where you're going to have to rebuild this team. So is it really worth it? So what do you think, Jim? You played the NFL. Is it worth it to get to, to do that?
2: Well, here's the problem. You run into that sometimes. Yes, you win the Super Bowl, but you're not, just like you said, you're not consistent for another three or four years. Look at what happened to the Rams. What happened to the Philadelphia? Because they did it the right way. But the Rams did it the wrong way. They just went and tried to get, win the Super Bowl, and they did. But the problem is, is they paid a terrible price for doing that. So I agree with you that that way is probably not the best way to do it. But they're also in a market where that is tough. And uh, being in Los Angeles, you got the Chargers, you got the Lakers, you got the Clippers, you got the hockey teams, you got two of everything. So it's a difficult market. So they had to make that splash. And they paid a price for it.
3: They were—they had no choice but to make the splash because they were on the cusp of winning it for a number of years, you know, being in the playoffs, having gone to a Super Bowl a couple of years before that. They had to make a big move to, you know, go over the top. We hear about that all the time. I mean, we hear, you know, Keith, for example, mentioned, well, the Yankees haven't been to the series since 2009. Had the Yankees won it one year, let's say hypothetically in the year 2017, when they very well may have had the best team, we wouldn't be hearing well the Yankees haven't won it in so long. I think if you can win a championship, you win it. And then if you have to go through a decade of, you know, a rebirth during that decade. I don't know. Rick makes a good point here. You know, he's a, there uh, you go. Look at what, yeah, what Rick is saying, just for that one Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah but the credit, problem is, yeah.
2: is you pay a price. You pay a price when you do things like that. You pay a, a horrible – would Would you rather win one Super Bowl and then
3: 10 years of being awful? Yeah, That's a great question. I think – I used to say I'd rather be competitive for the 10 years. I used to always say that. Now I'm thinking that one Super Bowl, look, they just won Super Bowl number three. Imagine they didn't win that Super Bowl and they had no Super Bowls at all to their credit. My answer would then be the same as Rick's. What I'd give for just one Super Bowl victory for the franchise, that would be worth a lot of down years. Well, I hate to, and Rick is my buddy
2: now and everything. But <laughs> the problem is, is as long as Kirk Cousins there, they play the Super Bowl and late in the uh, afternoon, and Kirk Cousins is not very good at night. As soon as that sun goes down, <laughs> Kirk Cousins struggles.
0: No. Kirk Cousins turns into a werewolf. He does. Yep. Yeah. All right. Well, Keith, I know Robert, I'm going to let you go. All right, Keith. Hey, Keith. Talk to you. Hey, Take care, Keith. buddy. Robert, talk to you guys. So,
4: Bye.
0: Robert. So, folks, hey, Jim. Robert hey, Butler hey. from Sportscope, as we say goodbye to Keith. Angle from TGI Sports Robert how you doing today buddy Pretty good All right okay not so, too bad not too bad All right Robert you know we we've talked about it earlier but I want to get your take on Wimbledon his first yeah. game is your thoughts on that and throw in a little bit of Britney Spears there and you can hit me <laughs> you, know, you, can, you can she's oh, not cool. that innocent and you hit her one more time what do you got right?
5: Well yeah that's true you know I, on the Britney Spears thing, I think that her ego was bruised more than the security putting his arm up and her knocking her glasses off. I saw the video a couple of times. Uh, she did run up. She ran up like a fan. Her, She was at her peak, guys, about 20-plus years ago. He's 19 years old. He wasn't even born when she was at her pinnacle, so she's not as famous as a Taylor Swift is today to these kids uh of, of his generation uh hopefully they'll squash it and everything will be fine yeah they said they're
2: not pressing charges right there's now.
5: no charges yeah I, I didn't I've read that on TMZ so as far as women Yama guys trending and of course you know Twitter has a tendency to be really salty uh bust was trending Friday night on Twitter about women yama and i looked up lebron stats it's very similar lebron james jim i know you're a big victor women yama fan i'm trying to help you out here in sarcasm <laughs> <laughs> uh hold on guys i got them right here i didn't know uh this is lebron summer league for first one summer league game 14.7 rebounds six assists Victor Wembanyama 9 points, 8 rebounds, 3 assists, 5 blocks. Uh Jerry West says he reminds him of a bigger version of uh Bill Russell. So
3: Oh, my! on. Oh, man. You come are
5: – hey, oh, my. God. I'm not hating. Jim
3: yeah, is biased. Jim is biased against the French league. That's what it comes yeah. down to. How many French yeah, players
5: he, – Yeah, he, he does not, not like French Excel. guys.
2: No, I'm just saying, How honestly, how many French players have excelled in the NBA?
5: That you how can from? who Say that again. I can't how many French players have excelled in the M- NBA? I mean, uh, Tony totally Parker's Parker, got yeah. five, four or five know, He's
0: not really French. Come on. Uh, he wasn't born and raised in
5: France. You know, he played yeah, in Yeah, but french he team. he has a French jersey on. Uh, uh, you've got the guy, Gobert, is a french he is okay. player. Hey,
2: he's not. I mean, come on. Don't put Gobert in there. You know, you know, and, and
0: Jim was right. The one of the problems, the first there.
5: time for everything, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> wow, like you cannot put that wow. on a like great basketball. Wow. For, for oh, I grand. thought
0: you I said Jim was right, and you said there's a first time for everything. I thought that's what you meant, Jim being right for the first time. Oh, anyway. <laughs> no, 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 Jim's <laughs> right about a lot of stuff, anyway. Robert, uh, Jim pointed out that he didn't even play for the best you know, in the best of the, the, the best French league while he was over there. So he is really green. He said he didn't know what he was doing, which is, that's a really and good. Look.
5: Yeah. Look. yeah got on top of all that, I, I left the headline out. Greg Popovich was rumored to sign for a three year extension. Now it's five, five. because he, dollars. Yep. Because he sees women. Yama's talent guys. Well, well he, he's giving him good. something to lift. He's like Gus <laughs> Jack. And it's like he's found young Mike Tyson
3: again. Uh, <laughs> I'm glad you're putting these guys in their place, Rob. Keep it going. <laughs>
0: Listen, Juan Benyana is a lot of hype right now. I think he'll be a good player. I don't even think he's going to be very good. I think he's going to be a good player. He'll do like 19 points, uh, 10 assists. Five blocks. I mean, you know, he's going to be a very good player, but uh, I don't think he's going to be. A, I don't, you think know, why done.
2: I think he's going to be a very good player because he has unique skills. He can shoot from the perimeter. Yeah. Well, he the, shoots like Kevin Garnett from there. I mean, not Kevin Garnett. Yeah. Durant, Durant. Durant. I mean,
0: yeah, that's well, going to be
5: hard, dude. How do you defend that? He's got ball handling skills. Well, he got yes. to the rim. I mean, he's. Yes.
0: They showed they showed very how you skilled, they showed you how you guard that in that in that summer league game, didn't they? You keep slapping <laughs> at the ball.
5: So I mean, oh you what know, well, yeah, one turnover. Oh y'all counting turn. Oh God, yeah, listen, I'm not man. saying he's going to be LeBron or Jordan, but y'all act Thank like he's mediocre. Yeah, I mean, no, I, think, listen, I think he's going to be very
2: good.
5: Listen, I think he's championship build around. I, guys, think pro-
0: I think the problem is is that our, we we expect. This guy to come in like we did on a lot of rookies that they're going to come in and they're going to be the greatest of all time, and that's just not the case. Most he's nineteen. I mean, you know? 19. Yeah. Well, well, you should have waited a couple LeBron, more years. I don't
5: know. Yeah. I'm with LeBron. you, Mac. I'm with the, the eyes on that stuff. I, <laughs> <laughs> that's all. That's all. I mean, listen. Yeah. They see the height and he
2: does have some athleticism. But did you see uh, what Brandon Miller did to
5: him? Brandon Miller got past him and he stripped him and. You know, uh, LeBron man. played at Akron, Ohio, high school. They wouldn't even professionals, Jim. I know. I right? mean, and yeah. he was a thin guy, too. Look at that 2003
3: tape of LeBron. You know, uh, Rob, that's thin- what guys like Mac and Jim don't understand. Wemben is a mock man. Every time he's on the court, everyone is trying to look good against them. They're trying to do things against him. Wimbledon is just working on his own game trying to improve. He's not going after anyone else per se, but everyone else is going after Wimbledon.
5: Because of the hype, yeah. Here's one thing
3: about
2: Wimbledon, Jack, and remember this. They're going to have to turn the air conditioner to low because if they turn it to hot he's gonna get blown away so skinny
5: <laughs> you want him to be big like greg olden no, and have foot problems
2: well, I was, I was <laughs> doing this Robert I was talking about chet Holgram earlier oh chet yeah do you see this do you see the difference between him this year and last year he looks like an NBA player now yeah yeah I and said three like years
5: one. playoff potential three years to be a, a decent playoff seed five to seven years before you want to start building championships around it. Yeah, not and this both, year.
2: Both David Robinson and Tim Duncan were bigger players as far as post play. Yeah.
5: So that's totally post-play. different era. I, don't, I think
2: he's going to be very good because he yeah. does have some unique skills. Well, wow. Jim
0: is Jim is starting to backpedal now. First, Prefer- no, no. <laughs> no, we got right.
5: it on tape. He's playing both games.
3: ends, basically.
0: Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. Jim is playing both ends right now. He has <laughs> no, I
2: didn't say he's going to be a bust. I just didn't think it's going to take a Jack even said it's going to take three to four years for this kid to really be a very good player.
3: Because no, I didn't say very <laughs> good play. He'll be a very good player in next year, three oh. four years to be the best player in the game. He won't that's be what the best I'm saying. The
5: game, Jack. Wow. Yeah, well, I, don't, I don't know about that.
3: Well, every listen, everybody. Oh, he'll, should- be on a, he'll be on the level of a Jokic, you know, in a few years, something like that. I think that. Oh, that's,
5: that's very easy to. I'd agree with that. Yes. Wow. Listen, Jack, can walk rock the. He can walk the floor like Joker guys. Listen, Jack I mean, he was go, right. Yeah, he he you know, he Jack, listen.
0: One thing Jack was right on. He is a marked man. Even Britney Spears wants to get a selfie. <laughs> him, so. That is true. He's trying so.
5: to resonate her, she probably rehearsed the whole thing. and One thing about that
2: that's wrong is she says she touched his shoulder. Britney Spears is like five four. He's seven five. She
5: can't. Even yeah, she can't himself. jump oh. that high. God. I have to rewrite it like the Zabruta for him.
2: That's like Jack trying to touch my shoulder. Jack's fine. <laughs>
3: no, no. I, I want to point something out about Wembañana, guys. He uh, doesn't have an entourage like these other young players. Yeah. He's a Notice he just had his security, yeah. and it, it's going to be easy for San Antonio to work with him. He's a good kid, he's not going to yeah. have a lot of outside influences oh. hanging around him.
0: And that's really going to help his development. Yeah, he's a good kid. That that former
5: players are helping him already. Yeah.
0: yeah. Uh, Robert, Simone Biles. Yeah. returns to gymnastics first time since the 2020 Olympics. Back for the U.S. Uh, Classic August 5th. I think she walked away from the Olympics after that bad, uh, bad. Yeah. I, I think when she did that, you know, the flipping the air over the horse kind of thing.
5: Yeah. Well, she's only 26 years old, guys. She got married last year, former yep. Houston Texan. Yep. Uh, uh, you know, she was part of that that doctor. Uh, she had some of the drama with, with uh, Larry Nassar. Uh, You know, she had all that going on. Uh, she said he, she lost her concentration. She wanted to retire in 2020 within the pandemic. So it sounds like she was burnt out. You know, these kids, they start really young doing that. I think she's caught her second win. She's settled down and she wants to compete again. I thought she was older than 26. That tells you how long she's been 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 in the in this craft, you
3: know. Right, right, but 26 is not young for gymnasts. you hang getting right. on in years when you're 26 and you're a gymnast.
5: But she's not very heavy. I mean, it's not like she's you know. I see guys 26 do cartwheels and backflips in the NFL with full gear on. Tyree Hill, <laughs>
0: That should be <all> right. <laughs> Yeah, Tyree Kill, I heard might be trying out for the men's gymnastics. But Robert, uh, he
5: probably could do it. He's, he's a really good
0: athlete, man. Yeah, she's she still looks like she's in good shape. Um, you know, she's a, she's a little bitty thing. I didn't know how small. They're they're very small anyway to move around. Oh yeah, be. and very and
5: very Get very next to women, Yama.
0: So do you think do you think she'll be uh, do you think she'll be on the Olympic team, Robert? What are your thoughts?
5: Yeah, I think I think she I think she will. I mean, for anything, just to get the hype uh, for it, it'd be patriot Not unless she's horrible. You know, I don't think she will be horrible. I I don't see any reason not not unless there's a nagging injury that we don't know about. Would it be fair
0: to the other people that are that are out there right now, the other young girls that are competing because of maybe her name that she gets one of their spots?
5: Well, as long as they were biological women growing up. I mean, this ain't this, this luxury. It's not a swimming thing.
3: (laughs) She's got to earn her place in the Olympic trials and all that. She knows. She Uh, understands that. And if she's been off all this time and she hasn't been seriously training and the other girls have, it's going to be very difficult for her. Yeah, that's a good
5: point. Uh, She uh, may have been working behind the scenes. You never know.
3: Real quick,
2: Robert, I had a question for you. Yeah. Devin Allen of the Philadelphia Eagles said he is faster than Tariq Hill, if you believe that. Devin Allen.
5: Oh, I don't even know him. who that is.
2: He was a hurdler. Who, the uh, hurdler, uh, yeah.
3: Good and chance. Went to
2: the Eagles. And he is, I think he's um, competing for a place in the Olympics.
3: Well, for the World Championships, well, yeah. I'm not sure what happened yesterday, yeah, that's next sure month. These- World Championships is the equivalent of the Olympics in track and field, but the public only knows about the Olympics because of the tradition. He's run on the 13 seconds for the 110-meter hurdles. I mean, he is lightning, you know, quick over yeah. there, running straight and hurdling a bit of a different thing. He was true. on the Eagle practice squad last yes, year. Now, if strategy. he makes the team for the world Championships, and I think his event might even be today, I'm not sure, a big decision is going to have to be made because the world championships are next month and the Eagles might not tolerate him not being in camp because you're talking about a practice team player with the potential you know, as a receiver, to do something really good. So he has a career decision to make, report to the Eagles camp and bypass the World Championships, a risk getting cut.
2: He can make a quite a bit of money in track.
5: Yeah. I, right. Yeah. Plus, uh, just settle it on the field, gas up Tyreek to do it, and, you know, uh, maybe turn it to like a pay-per-view. Listen, I remember LaShawn McCoy said he was faster at 23. He was 23. Uh, Vic had already got out of prison. He was playing with the Eagles. And he kept All saying, right. I can outrun Michael. I can outrun Michael. Vic was like 30. He said, Okay, well, let's race. Vic beat him. Yeah. Well, I <laughs> guess I'll never you how fast I Vic guess, was. Well, Tyreek Ty pretty-
3: Hill ran track in college, so he does have a background in that. Okay. Well, the reason oh, why. Well, Metcalf ran the 100 meters <laughs> against a field of track guys. Okay. He tested yes. himself and he came in last. I mean, he ran really quick, but you're talking about world-class sprinters. Yeah. They have a little bit of an edge.
0: Well, the reason why this kid said that was because supposedly he beat him in a race in high school, so that's why oh. he's saying he's faster. Oh, okay, I didn't so know. That. We'll, yeah, so, but that's high school, right? So, so uh, we'll see. Right. Uh, Hatfields and the McCoys are, are happening. Modern day here, uh, Robert. We have MJ's uh, son <laughs> dating Pippin's daughter. <laughs> And MJ isn't too happy about it. Well, no, oh, it's, his,
5: ex, it his it's his, ex, uh, his son it's and Scotty's ex-wife.
0: Oh, well, that's even more yeah. juicy. Yeah, okay. So she there you she go. turned
5: 49 yeah. yesterday. Uh, there's some stuff on TMZ. <laughs> go figure. Uh, Jordan publicly says, Michael says, I do not approve of this relationship. Marcus his son says privately dad says it's all good. Uh so Scottie Pippen was seen in Malibu on the other coast, guys, uh with the woman uh showing her breast outside of a window to get back at his ex-wife. So that's the <laughs> latest on that. It's all on TMZ. Wow. Go figure. Yeah. Wow. Hey, don't you, Robert? You man, at TMZ's off the hook, man. The good, the bad, <laughs> and the ugly is on TMZ. Yeah.
0: So that's that's your daily. Uh, as, uh, as the world turns, right. Wow. The daily soul property uh, pro- provided by this week in sports. Uh, exactly. Don uh is now uh, coaching. Former Gi- Giants he- head coach is now uh, coaching with uh, Deion yeah. Dion Sanders at. But it's Colorado? Yeah. So, yeah. So, uh, I guess he's going to be the offensive coordinator, Robert.
5: Does Analyst. He any- Analyst. Analyst. Yeah, I think that's – is this a recruiting thing, Jim? You said this about Mike Zimmer. Yeah. He's not technically it's, it's got a real position. To say,
2: hey, we got a former NFL coach, and he's one of our analysts. He can help you get to the NFL. That's what they're telling him. I'm guarantee you that's what they're using as a recruiting yeah. tool.
6: Because one of those guys are He's not
2: going to gonna show up on game day when he shows up is basically when it's recruiting, when they're recruiting. And he's going to shake hands and tell them about, hey, I can help you get to that next level. Well, you're not coaching. So yeah. he's
0: not going to be any part of the coaching staff at all? No. He's not going to be in the field? All right.
2: Well. No. It's kind of what happened with uh, Brian Billick at Arizona State. They just show up whenever. They just say, they just yeah. use utilize it as a recruiting tool. Interesting. Very interesting. And they had Marvin Lewis the same way. doing mm. the same thing.
5: This yeah, I got a theory. I think guys that 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 uh, Dion is positioning himself to be. One, I mean, all these transfers, all this stuff going around. His son's going to be a junior. I think he's really wanting to say, "Let's go privately." He's thinking eight, nine wins. Maybe, maybe the Florida job comes open because Billy Napier is kind of subpar in the SEC, and he jumps or or FSU even better. But that's no what he
2: wants because he's an FSU.
5: He uh, went to FSU. Yeah.
2: Grand, so yeah. I agree with you. He might be sitting
5: I think he's setting up to be one and done there. That's my prediction. Wow. But I can't win wait. that
2: many games with that roster.
5: Well, uh, he's turned it all over, though, Jim.
2: Yeah, but still, you got UCLA and USC are going to be pretty good. Yeah. Oregon is going to be good. So he's even at the best. He's the fourth. Utah. So he's really the
0: 15th. Mm, yeah. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Be interesting. Uh in baseball, the Cincinnati Reds uh youth movement uh turns the season around. And Robert, I bring this up because there's a lot of teams out there, the Yankees, the Mets, and some others, that really put emphasis on the old veterans, the old stars. Yeah. And you got a lot of young teams like the Reds that are just going all youth. Uh the kid uh Jack knows the name better than me, Del Cruz. Dela Cruz or something. Thank yeah. you. He's Good still. He stole three bases, including home plate
5: yesterday. <laughs> I love that.
0: It's exciting. I mean, it's just exciting. And the Reds right now are, are, are looking like they're a playoff team, Robert.
5: Well, they're 10 games above 500 they They're two games up in the Central. Uh, average, they've got five players, 26 or younger. Uh, I remember Don King saying this years ago in one of his movies, a movie made about Don King called Only in America. And he said, there's something about young and hungry. He said, I'm going to go after young and hungry. Then he started going after trying. I know he's kind of a bad example, but Mike Tyson, just guys that are just really, do you really want a a lot? And of course, Votto's on that team, you do have one vet, but uh, there's something about that. The uh, devil Rays aren't that much older. If you average per player, Mm. uh, the Braves aren't really old. I mean, they're, fairly young as well. They got the best record in baseball. So I, I like that, that young and hungry working the farm system, doing it right way, trying to compete with uh, these, uh, you know, the Dodgers, the Yankees. Massive payrolls.
3: and did I spoke to Don King a couple of days ago, Rob. I would have gotten a quote on that had I known you were going to bring him up out of nowhere. Who's that? Don King. I spoke to <laughs> him a couple of days ago. A story yeah, hey. On it's a guy who old. was in that movie, Don Elbaum, who accused King of being a crook.
5: <laughs> 90 years old, right? Yeah, 91. 91, <laughs> 92. Yeah,
3: yeah. Is a crook, oh, it be great I, you, know, you know, I'm not. I don't want to go that far, but whatever. You know, <laughs> I, it,
0: I mean, I'm, in, I'm impressed, Jack, with all these uh, analogies about boxing with Robert
5: this morning. I think that's his second one right yeah. now. So. Yeah. I mean, Don King is, uh, well, oh, that's right. Well, I was just thinking about Gustav Mato. You know, Greg Popovich is so angry here lately. The last time we talked about the Spurs is when Kawhi Leonard wanted to leave the organization back in 2018. They've yeah, been in Siberia. That is
2: a good point, Rob. <laughs> Do you think,
3: well, let me ask you this, Rob. You, uh, obviously, the San Antonio Spurs organization reveres Coach Pop, they're giving him this five year extension. Yeah. He could be with the team basically the rest of his life for the most part. Do you think the Patriots should be treating Bill Belichick the same way, basically giving them a golden ticket? You can stay here as coach or uh, have a big part in this organization for as long as you want.
5: I would. I mean, but I understand that, you know, some things just kind of run their course, Bill Walsh said I didn't stay anywhere over uh, you know, Bill Walsh for the 49ers. Uh over 10 years, whether it'd be ma- he said I would recommend it for management or coaching in professional sports. People start to tune you out after that. Uh, I mean, of course, you've got your Greg Popovich, your Bill Belichicks. Pat Riley. Uh, Andy Reid's been there for a while now, but
2: Pat right? Riley, right? Who? Pat Riley. At the Miami Heat,
5: now he
3: said he, he did get his fame with the Heat. Jim. Yeah. he got his fame, Riley, mostly with the Lakers.
2: Yeah, yeah. but he's won championships with the Heat, being a uh, the GM, coach and GM. Yeah. 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 yeah.
0: So, Robert, we got uh, Trout hurt again. You know, yeah. we got, <laughs> again these 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 uh, players that are that are high priced, they get hurt a lot. Yeah, Judge Trout. Uh, a lot of a couple of the pitchers, uh, you know, DeGrom. I mean, these guys are great when they're healthy, but they get hurt, they get injured a lot. So, uh, with Trout being injured, is that it for the Angels for the year?
5: Well, their, their chances of making the playoffs are 8.4% chance now. His war wins above replacement, it's 2.9 games. That could be the difference in getting a wild card. And not getting in a wild card. The bigger question is: does this open up Otani to, to look at other teams? And does that does the Angels think, okay, with Otani being in a contract year, is this gonna be a normal year thing? Trout was on the injured list three times last year. Yeah. You gotta wonder, does this open it up for the Mets guys? Hmm. 700 million for Ohtani. Does the Angels just trade him in the in the end of the month and get seven or eight first round picks, players, uh, uh, you know, farm players? It could, but you know, who wants to trade him and, and be compared to, to the Bay Roof trade? So that's that's probably the bigger question.
0: Well, I don't think Ohtani wants to come to New York. I don't know. If, I think he, I'm not sure if he has a no trade clause or not. I, I imagine he does. But he wants to stay on the West Coast, Robert. He wants to play, you know, Dodgers, Giants, uh yeah. one of those teams. So I don't I don't think he's coming to New York. A lot of people think that he might. I don't think so. I think that's where he's
5: that's where he's most comfortable. Um, or maybe fifty more million, maybe hundred. I mean, you know.
3: The, the Mets would make the most sense yeah. because Steve Cohn would outbid anyone else yes. in the offseason. And you give him a taste in New York playing for the Mets, and if he really enjoys playing for the Mets, plus he's going to get a better offer from the Mets than anyone else, this is their big chance to go after Otani, But it's risky. Yeah, but You can't give up too much for ba- what might basically be a rental. Yeah, but also you got to look at the Mets.
2: Look at their, their salary right now. I mean, yeah. That, yeah. that's crazy.
5: And they're not very good. He's practically double net worth of any other owner in the league. And yeah, Steve Cohn, yeah. Fifteen point nine billion. I mean, you know, w- would you invest seven fifty to eight hundred million? You had to get some kind of insurance on that. Exactly. Exactly. You know, so but he's twenty nine. I mean, God, he could probably play another six years like
3: this. And guys, Shirts and Verland in a year would be coming off the books anyway. Yes. You know, Berlin has signed a two-year okay, deal. He really has a second year, and shirts at most, would have next year on his deal with the Mets. Mm-hmm.
0: And so here we are talking about again high-priced players yes. <laughs> are not winning, when the youth is. So here we go around and around. It's again. great for sports talk, though, man. And listen and listen. It's great for marketing. It's great for star power. But is it going to win you a World Series? Yeah. I, I don't know. We'll, we'll see what happens with that. Robert, do you have anything in, uh, else in uh, Big Stories before you go? Well,
5: this is food for thought, guys. Brian Cashman has been with the Yankees 25 years. Uh, you look at a guy like John uh, Carlos Stanton and Aaron Judge, basically the same player. Look at their pitching. They got what did they get beat 13 to 4 the other night. Yes. Look at their pitching, they're 10th in, in saves. They just don't have the concentration on middle relief and starting pitching like they did during those late 90s and early 2000 runs. You think about Rivera. You think about David Wells, Pettit, Roger Clemens. Has he run his course as the general manager of the Yankees considering the resources and the unlimited amount of money he can spend? It's food for thought. It's just food for
3: call. I just want to say, no, Rob, I have to disagree. In the beginning of the season, a lot of people thought the Yankees had the best starting staff in all of baseball, but they've had injuries. I agree there's certain positions, like they could have had a little more depth in the outfield. Yes. And a well, couple of well, other okay. little moves could have been made. But, eh, but what we were talking about before, one championship just being in contention all the years, and the Yankees have been in the mix every year. They haven't had a losing season since, what, 1992 or something like that. Yes. So and, and meanwhile, we're condemning them because they're not winning championships. I mean, we can't have it both ways, put down the Rams for winning a championship and not being competitive now, and then we attack the Yankees for something just the opposite.
5: Do you put that $30 million into relief pitching or – or are you trying to sell tickets with Giancarlo Stanton in the summer? Hitting aside Aaron Judge.
3: when they I admit with Stanton, it wasn't a good signing per se, but keep in mind they got him for virtually nothing. I shouldn't say it. they gave up a second baseman. His name escapes me. He was a good player at the time, though. But he was coming up a 59 home a season with Miami. He was a genuine a mega star. When the Yankees got him and to combine him with Aaron Judge, it was like going to Broadway each night to see a Yankee game. That's how exciting it was. See, at that's mine. The
5: that they want to sell tickets. Chicks dig the lone ball. That was a big New York. Uh, 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 yeah, now, okay. what that, and
3: you see that on
5: on uh, signs up there, Jim. I used to live up there. Oh. Listen, and I'm listen, like, where's
3: the, the Where's the, the Bills, wait a second! Didn't the Buffalo Bills make that mistake? They got Jeff Coat to put him next to Bruce Smith, and Jim wasn't lighting it up at Buffalo either. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. as, I, as uh, I recall,
5: we never. Oh lost man, you're a Mark <laughs> man today, Jim. Look, oh, we, yes. we never lost to the
2: Jets. That's all. I uh,
0: that's that's true, and you're probably wrong again. Hey, everybody beats the
2: Jets. So.
0: We're <laughs> not
5: worthy, Jim. We're so we're not <laughs> no. worthy, man. We the hey,
0: this year, they, they've got Hulk Hogan as quarterback. So you you have no chance. Oh,
2: man. Yeah. man heard that one, Robert.
0: Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Hey, Robert, thank you for coming in. As you always do on every hey, si- Sunday, Robert Butler with TGAI Sports with the biggest stories, whether it's sports-related or it's Britney Spears, he's got them out. So.
5: I love the TMZ stuff, I know. <laughs> <All
2: right. laughs> All right. Have a good one, guys. Take care, buddy. Oh, my goodness.
0: So there you go, folks. Again, Robert Butler, Keith Angle, Philly sports guy, should be in later. He's been very busy with all the stuff he eats. That guy never stops. So we'll see if he makes it in or not. But we will have our special guest on, Kermit Washington, former NBA player, will be visiting us. And like I said, should be a great interview. Right now we're going to take our promotional break. We get to check out some of the greatest shows on air here on Northeast Streaming Sports.
6: He was a giant. And he was a cowboy. Now these two former rivals have joined forces to bring you the most insightful, perceptive, and controversial sports talk podcast in America. Former Dallas Cowboys defensive end Jim Jeffcoat locks horns with former New York Giants wide receiver Byron Williams. And now, here's Byron Williams and Jim Jeffcoat. It just might be the greatest sports franchise in the history of sports. A place where legends are made, and there's always something to talk about. Get ready to immerse yourself in pinstripes. Start spreading the news, hosted by Paul Semendinger and E.J. Fagan. A couple of doctors with a prescription for Yankee fever. And now, here's Dr. Paul Semendinger and Dr. E.J. Fagan. Get ready to start spreading the news. If you like the sweet science, get ready to talk boxing on the Gloved Fist podcast with top boxing writers Frank Letirzo and Jack Hirsch. Frank, a former amateur boxer out of Philadelphia, writes for NY Fights and can be seen on the Boxing Channel. Jack, an amateur boxer who competed in the New York Golden Gloves, was a six-term president of the Boxing Writers Association. And now, here's Frank Letirzo and Jack Hirsch. right now without lebron lakers are, are struggling let me tell you about the team i
0: hate all right i know the dallas cowboy fan is here so i had to make sure he knew how much i hate this oh team. i'm ready i've often said that the people who run baseball they try very hard to ruin it i'm
1: from brooklyn i don't have a problem saying it to his face Oh, from Brooklyn! hey isn't hey, he
0: This is a presentation of Northeast Streaming Sports. Good morning, everyone, and welcome back to the This Weekend Sports with Mac Jack and Jim Jeff Here's Jack right now as he's settling in to his captain's chair. Uh, so, guys, we, we've, we've covered a lot of information today. We still got a lot more to go. We're going to start off, I mean, I love that commercial where I say, you know, I know the Dallas Cowboy fan this <laughs> here," and I want to tell him how much I hate him. So we're going to lead right into a Dallas news off of that, Jack uh, and Jim. Um, do they have the best cornerback duo in a league, uh, Jim, with Gilmore and Diggs? I mean, there's a few good ones out there. The Eagles got a good uh, cornerback duo. I think the Dolphins have a pretty good duo. But are the Cowboys the best?
2: Uh I would say no at this point until they prove it. I mean, you can tell it put on paper they look good, but obviously they have to prove it. So I would say no. And, you know, like you said, Miami has a good uh, DBs. Uh, also, um, uh, Philadelphia, San Francisco's corners play pretty well too. So I would yeah. say no.
3: If Gilmore's in top form, wouldn't the answer be yes? I know he's been hurt. You know
2: no, he has the last couple of years. It. Age is getting to him too, Jack. So.
0: Well, you know, Diggs. Diggs is a big play guy, but he also gets burned. Uh, yes, that's
2: what's good. Because he does
0: go for the interceptions. You know,
2: good point so, there. Yeah, and that's so, what always scares you about Diggs.
0: So. Yeah. So anyway, so I know Bradbury. I forget the name of the other cornerback. What is Slay? Slayton Slay. I think it's Darius Slay yeah. on on the Eagles. Yeah. Yeah, good good duo over there. Uh Dallas side USFL kicker Brandon Aubrey. Uh, this is, is a good
2: this is a good one. He's a local kid. He went to play senior high. Um, he was what uh 15 of 14, or excuse me, 14 of 15 in field goals in the USFL. And he was interesting. He went to Notre Dame. He didn't play football, he was a soccer player right he decided he wanted to try out for um football and has done well all right cool
0: um i have now figured out why jim thinks the cowboys are going to the super bowl uh it's that dallas wire uh, i've looked at dallas wire and dallas wire uh loves the cowboys of course uh they actually have tony pollard rated 7th in the league as running back He's ahead of Jonathan Taylor, Aaron Jones, Austin Eichler, Kamara. They're even calling Saquon Barkley the most overrated running back in the league, according to Dallas Wire. So now I know where you got all your information from, Jim. <laughs> I got
2: my, my information from TMZ.
0: <laughs> okay, all right. all right. So what do you think? you think Tony Pollard is the seventh best running back in the league, Jim?
2: <sighs> Who are the six in front of them, though? I just gave you. Jonathan Taylor? Yeah, I thought Jonathan Taylor. Who else? Aaron Jones.
0: Aaron Jones. Austin Eichler for the San Diego Chargers.
2: Yes, very good. Kamara Kamara Barkley. Kamara? And Kamara, yeah. I would think he was being in the top 10, top 7. Yeah, there's no argument on that. So, who who would you put in front of him?
0: You mean besides the ones that I just said? Yeah. Well, uh, let's see. Uh, Eagles, well, Eagles don't have a primary running back anymore. Yes.
2: Um, I, I don't Did know. Would you put Samuels from Washington in front of him? No. No. Think but about that's, that.
0: That. that's the conference. They're saying the whole league, Jim. That includes yeah, the
2: But I'm just saying, who would you put in front of him if that's the top six?
0: Well, I wasn't ready for that. I wasn't ready for that answer. So <laughs> I got to go back and look at it. So, okay, well, yeah. maybe. He is. But if he's not injured, let's say if he's not injured, he might be the, he's
2: the top He's a top seven running back. What
0: are
3: your thoughts? It depends how the running backs have been utilized. I mean, I hate to give an answer. He definitely wouldn't put Bryce Hall in front of him. Bryce Hall got hurt last year. He would have been rookie of the year. I mean, he was trending towards that. And my fear is with the Jets, they're expecting Bryce Hall to carry too big of a, a load in the running game because Aaron Rodgers isn't a running quarterback. I mean, he can run to escape a little bit. But he's not really going to look to take off like the other you know running mm-hmm. quarterbacks would yeah. so that that's my concern the jets really you know have to should have addressed the running back position a little more in the off season uh but dalvin cook the talk you know this talk how much he would help who the is jets. dalvin cook gonna play for well who is he going to play for Does a school of thought the Jets should get him just to keep him away from miami but we'll
0: see what happens. Well, they just Delmon Cook just turned down the offer sheet from Miami. So right now in play. Oh, he did? Yeah. Right now in play, uh, I, I guess uh would be Buffalo the Jets and the Patriots are in play. He wants to go to AFC East. I don't know why he wants to go to AFC East, but he does. Well he's
2: from Miami, correct? Well the,
0: there you go. So he's
2: like the Buffalo.
0: Okay. Well so Buffalo has it in the Jets, New York Jets are not that far from there, or neither the Patriots. So that's where he wants to go. Uh, I think Dalvin Cook would be an outstanding addition to any one of those I
2: do, too. I think Dalvin
3: Cook is a quality running back of I don't understand, guys. They're waiting. Now, we're in July already. The season begins in a couple of months. I mean, how's their value going to go up waiting more? Is the team going to become so desperate? And how much space are they going to have under the cap? For the most part, the best offers out there now, as far as I can see. Let me ask
2: you this: Do you think this is the theory? They're getting all their draft picks signed. They're going to know where they're at financially, and then they can make a move for a guy like Dalvin Cook because they I think haven't made done that point.
3: already. have bet they? Basically settled with their, everyone for the most part. I'm
2: not Sure, I'm not sure, and you always got to put in their
3: injuries too.
0: The Jets, the Jets are still waiting to sign that big defensive tackle. Um, yeah, William Williams, William Williams.
3: Yeah. but you know, the Jets are going to get that done and they have it factored in. They're probably in the ballpark of what they're going to offer him right now. It's not going to be that much more going forward.
0: I, I agree, I'd agree with I'd that. Too. So, yeah. Delvin Cook, he's still out there. Uh, so is um, uh, the, the uh, Oakland Raider, Oakland Raider, the Las Vegas Raider running back. He still hasn't been signed yet. Josh I think they're
2: franchising Jacobs. Josh Jacobs, right? They already did, but he didn't sign his franchise.
0: Right, right. So uh we'll see what happens with that. So um he's still out there right now. Uh Jet more. of course, Jack already mentioned the the uh half nude picture of uh Aaron Rodgers <laughs> from the waist up, Jack.
3: And, <sighs> so we, now is,
2: Jack's got a bromance. That, yeah, I yeah. think, I
3: think that picks the whole team up. Yes. You know me, and Jim could vouch for this more than you know, and I, Matt. <laughs> the players talk. They talk amongst themselves. And believe me, some of the, the guys in the player defensive player, Jack, unit, the they're saying, did you see Aaron? He's, he's Wait, looking look at diesel. They're so saying nice. he's looking diesel. <laughs> That's what they're saying, some of the defensive players. Like, they're an awe, go. you know? Uh,
0: yeah, they're an awe of the old guy. All right. Well, Aaron's doing wow. 500 Jesus push-ups so cold, a man. day, 1,000
3: crunches. That's talk. I mean, that's yes. talk. Yeah. I don't think players think that way, Jack. <laughs> they don't talk that way at the locker room, that Aaron's looking diesel.
2: <laughs> no. 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 no.
0: Well, you know, I, I gave it to Jim a little bit. Let me give it to Jack, too. All right. Now I know why Jack thinks the Jets are going to Super Bowl, right? And uh, I guess it's uh, let me see where I got this from. It's uh, uh, Jet New York.com or whatever, New Um The prediction for by them for the Jets is the floor at nine wins and the ceiling is 14 wins. Wow. So, Jack, can the Jets go 14 and two this year?
3: 14-3, it would be 17-game schedule. 17 weeks, 14 games, yeah. <clears throat> Not quite. The AFC East is so tough. You mean they would have – I mean, they could beat New England twice. I could see that happening. Are they going to beat Buffalo twice? Are they going to beat Miami twice? I mean, I, you can't see them going within their division more than, let's like, say, four and two with those three teams. Logically speaking, and it's going to be hard. There's so much parity in the NFL. I mean, the Eagles had such a great year last year, but when all was said and done, they were 14 and three. I mean, I could see the Jets falling in the 11 and six range. You know, somewhere around you know, that. You know, you know. Whoa, let me, whoa, whoa, whoa.
0: Wait, wait, Jim. Before you get him. Before you get. Isn't there only sixteen games in seventeen weeks, Shaq? You keep giving everybody seventeen. Oh, they have
3: seven. A no, they play seven no, games. games.
0: Oh, do they? All right, I thought they
3: had one week. With the basketball. Basketball. Yeah, yeah, it's been that way. Yeah, yeah but they have seventeen games. Yeah, and they I'm get their game. buy in there. So, hmm. uh, all right. No, I
2: so, yeah, it's
3: call. hard. What's the worst case? What's expected of the Jets? That's going to be minimally accepted. Let's say they go ten and seven and lose in the first round of the playoffs. I don't think people are going to. Jet fans are going to get that upset as long as they're trending towards next year. Rodgers has a fairly good year, and they just have to <laughs> tighten up a little more than maybe next year. You know what is going to be the thought, but uh, I think they could take a serious run at the Super Bowl next year. But the team. That I would look out for in the AFC, and I'm talking a little early, a couple of months in advance, would be the Cincinnati Bengals. I think they're the Buffalo Bills of last year. This is it for them. They're ready to make an all-out bid to get to the, you know, win the Super Bowl. They were there two years ago. Had they beat the Chiefs last year and not got, gotten edged out, maybe they would have won the Super Bowl, you know, last year, but they certainly would have been back again. I think their window starts closing if the Bengals don't win it this year, but I think Dan with a very serious chance. Yeah. Uh,
2: even with Aaron Rodgers, doesn't the Jets have offensive line issues?
3: No. Nah, every team has offensive line issues. I mean, tell they got me some tell. guys who could play like Laja Beer Tucker, Becton they got guys who can protect <laughs> I mean they, they have to the owner Woody Johnson I don't know whether you saw the clips he would talk to every offensive lineman and explain the quarterback they got emphasize he's got to get protected you know full well Jim when a guy you didn't play that position the offensive line but when a guy's career's on the line and it's desperation and you have the type of quarterback who can't run. You, I think they take it up a little level. I think you block a little differently and a little more intensely and bear down a little more than Aaron Rodgers than you would for Lamar Jackson or Josh Taylor. Because those running quarterbacks can bail out an offensive lineman every once in a while. Aaron Rodgers is never going to bail out an offensive line. And unless, you know, he has a quick release, gets rid of the ball. I think it's a little bit of a different mindset. Correct me if I'm wrong. I didn't play the game, so I don't know. But I think that has a lot to do uh, it with It would this. be
2: nice to say that, Jack, but sometimes it's physical ability. And the Jets have struggled on the offensive line. They did struggle last year on the offensive line because of injuries and they
3: Zach Wilson has less motivation to block Zach Wilson and Aaron Rogers. <laughs> the motivation no comes into it. Well, that's
2: true. Uh you yeah. talk about at um Denver with Wilson up there. They would have had more yeah. motivation to block for him, correct?
3: Russell Wilson, number one, can run better than Aaron Rodgers. You know, he likes to move around. Russell Wilson got hit more than any quarterback when he was with Seattle. And thirdly, you got the feeling, maybe it was just perception, he wasn't the most popular guy, Russell Wilson. You know, if you really like a quarterback a lot, I think you just give the extra 5% for him. I, I just get that feeling. And, and again, I've never been in the locker room. I didn't yeah, play I, the I disagree.
2: game. Because you're fighting for your job, too. And regardless if you like him or dislike him. Yeah, yeah,
0: I agree. I, I, you're there to play football. You're not there to, yeah. to you know, I I don't think I
2: don't think, See, it, now, I don't think know, it comes an equation
0: ball, who's back ball. there. I mean, I think you would think your uh chances of winning are better with Aaron Rodgers than Matt Wilson, but I don't I think do you know. give any any more or less uh you better
3: you are we are living in an age where we have running quarterbacks, so I think it's kind of different. I think you know, with Aaron Rodgers quarterbacking, you gotta hold off the defensive line for the whole duration. He has the ball. With the running quarterbacks, they roll out, they move, they buy it just Aaron a Rodgers little
2: more.
3: And, and, yeah, he is, he is, but not he's only not a that, running quarterback. Not only
0: that, we always say the age of running quarterbacks. I mean, the quarterbacks have been running for a while. Fran Tarkin and Bobby Douglas, Joe Cap. Not like that. Rodgers they Roger yeah. Staubach. I mean, was, I mean, we forget, and you know, Jack, Jack, you should. We forget how athletic quarterbacks have been throughout. Mac, Mac, Mac. I mean, Tom Brady really? isn't running. Uh, yeah. You know, I mean, come on. I mean, I mean, I get it. Yeah, they ain't going to run maybe like uh, 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 Jackson does or Fields does. But let me tell you, they had running quarterbacks way back when too. They
3: did Mac in the Super Bowl early in the game. The Eagles called a couple of running plays for Jalen Hurts, designed plays.
5: Yeah.
3: That never happened when Jim played, I'm sure, Troy Aikman, early in a game like he that. He is right, right. about I, that. It was very yeah, good. Troy.
2: Cunningham had running
0: plays. I was just going to say. But well, he
3: was exceptional. Dante he was Culpeper. exceptional.
2: Remember Dante
3: Culpepper? Well, Dante Culpepper wasn't that good Where they was worried about him getting injured.
0: In all due yeah, respect it was to him. all right. Listen, I I just think we forget how athletic quarter and how non athletic some of the quarterbacks are today. Yeah, John
2: Elway was athletic. Yeah. John What's Elway was that?
3: an outstanding running quarterback. Yeah. He'd he take off, you know, and make things yeah. ha- he'd make things happen.
0: Uh, so I mean, I mean, I think there's just more uh, talk about it today than it was back. then. Yes, I agree.
2: That's just what and the it's quarterback more prevalent in college. If yeah. You look at
3: it. and yeah. I think you're right. But, Jack, what was uh, Rick talking about 50 years? Oh, no, since the Jets have won a Super Bowl. But, listen, he's a Viking fan. So what does he – he hasn't won – they haven't won any Super Bowls. But the they've won more Super Bowls than the uh, Jets. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Vikings haven't won any, you know, which is hard to believe because they've had a pretty good franchise since the Super Bowl <laughs> yeah. years have begun. And they've yeah. kind of been in the mix. I mean, they had that one great – year that was heartbreaking when they were 15 and one yeah. on yeah. the season they have a seven point lead a few minutes that was left Randall Cunningham ago. as the quarterback right right exactly and they miss a field goal and that would have been the game they would have been up 10 points and they've gone to the Super Bowl they missed the yeah. field goal the Falcons tie it up and people forget the Vikings had two p- offensive possessions in overtime in that game and failed to get into field goal range. And they lose to the Falcons, who are 14 and 2. They were a good team themselves. Hey, and hey, then the Falcons get blown off by the Broncos. They were,
0: they were in the championship game, too, in, in 2000, 2001, when they played the Giants. The Giants beat them 48 to nothing. And they went on to play the, the Giants Rams. went. Yeah. I think that was yeah Brett.
3: Paul, well, it wasn't. Now, Brett Paul was laid on, was like Fred. lost to <laughs> New Orleans. So the year New Orleans beats the Colts in the Super Bowl, New Orleans edges that outstanding Viking team. And Brett Farr had maybe one of his best years, you know, of his career with the Vikings. And you think of what it means to a guy's legacy. How would we look at Brett Farr had he won a Super Bowl as a Minnesota Viking? We probably would have looked at him the same way we look at Peyton Manning as being a Denver Bronco as well as an Indianapolis Colt quarterback.
0: I got, yeah. one, I got one update in the Giants news. They led the NFL in roughing the passer last year. So I'm proud the of The Giants you. did? Yep. Yeah, so I'm proud of my Giants.
3: That's well, think probably got I, some of those. I'm
0: very proud.
3: No, uh, that I we're not bragging little. what
0: we got. We're just, we just gonna, we're just going to punish you. The just, you
2: played on the edge. You are a dirty team.
0: That's right. And I can't wait to go to Aaron Rodgers and rough them <laughs> up a little bit. Him and his in his, his, his uh uh Greek god body there. It's the rough. scheme,
2: it's the defensive scheme. Yes, that's always, all we That some of that is a disadvantage.
0: Yes, it is, it definitely is. Um, some Philly news. I know, like I said, I don't know if the Philly guy is going to be in here or not, but we do have our guest coming up in 10 minutes. Um, the road winning streak for the Philly ends. The Phillies end, and that was quite a streak they had on. They made up a lot of ground. Uh, they're still behind Miami. Miami, I think, beat them. Uh, last night. So, the
3: listen, the miami are have a good team. I have to, I'm impressed with them. I'm
2: really yeah. impressed.
3: Well, yeah. three teams get in the wild card in the National League, and the Phillies aren't going to win that division. The Atlanta Braves are. So, let's say it's Miami, Philadelphia, now you start talking about the Dodgers, the Giants, and you wonder between the Mets and the Padres, can one of them make a really big run because they've been two major disappointments this year. So things are, you know, up for grabs, you know, for at least the third wild card position.
2: Yeah. I would agree.
0: Yeah. Bruce, Har- uh, Bryce Harper, uh, he got hit on his uh, surgically uh, repaired elbow. He's okay. Of course, he hasn't been what he's been uh, for the, for the, um, the uh, Phillies. Imagine if he wasn't hurt, and it, they'd probably be in a lot better position they are now. But uh, he will be able to play soon after he uh, he goes through everything. The X-rayed him; nothing wrong with it, so that's mm-hmm. good news for them. Um, Mets pitcher Stroman could be uh, be a pitcher. pitcher, former Mets
3: pitcher. Cubs. Yeah, he, he
0: pitcher. could be. Cubs he could, yeah, Cubs. Sorry, Jack. He could he could be going to the Phillies? Uh, contract's coming out. Um, that would be good for the Phillies. So.
3: We'll see if the Phillies can improve the pitching. Uh, that year. means the Cubs would have given up on the season because he right. pitched really well for the Cubs. He's right. a bit of a lightning rod because he talks a lot. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you kind of wear out your welcome with the front office. They get tired of a guy. Certain guys can become high maintenance. He might be one of them.
2: Let me ask you this question on um, Major League Baseball When do you want to be hot? Do you want to be hot before the All Star game or after? Because you're seeing, um the reason I'm asking you that, because I watched the Texas Rangers, obviously I'm in Texas, I'm a Yankees fan for life, but I was watching them and they're really struggling right now. Yeah, they are. Even when they're batting, they're really struggling, but they were hot for the beginning of the season. Now they're, what, I think they're only three games ahead of um, Houston. Yep. And that's, and I'd rather be hot at the end. And I think that helps you build off yeah. the playoffs. What do you guys
0: think? Yeah. I would I would agree with that, Jim. I, I listen, your record's your record, right? Whether yeah. I I think if you have a good enough team to make the playoffs, <laughs> it's zero zero when you start. But I I think there's something to be said, maybe not as much as the NFL, uh baseball they say you're you know, that you're I'm trying to think of the word for it, but your your momentum is good till the next pitcher, you know. Yeah. So that's yeah. not the same as football
3: or, or something. Yeah. yeah, I would agree. So. I think in football, even though it's a long season for a player, I think you can recharge yourself kind of for the playoffs, maybe get motivated. A lot of it's a mindset, you know, too. I yeah. think with baseball, it's just who happens to be playing better at that moment, and it can turn very quickly in baseball. I mean, I remember the 2006 Detroit Tigers, They blew the division. They were awful. The worst team in baseball at the end of the year, but they got into the playoffs as a wild card. They lose the first game to the Yankees, and all of a sudden they go on a tear and get to the World Series. You know, it turns around so quickly in baseball.
0: Uh It definitely does. Definitely does. The 76ers, uh, big man Paul Reed signs 23 million four year deal with Utah. uh, And the Clippers. Uh, it looks like we got our guests coming in, so let me finish up here. The Clippers forward to land are, are the favorite to land uh Harden right now. So uh that deal's been out there with James Harden and the Clippers for a He while. just wastes
2: money, that guy. That <laughs> he does, he really does. Because think well, about it, he's got all these high prices, but they never reach their expectations.
0: Right, right. Quiet,
2: quiet Leonard, is he gonna play next year? And how many games he's gonna play? Paul George, is he going to play next year? Let's be honest about
0: it. Well, we shall see when the year comes up. I just hope if Kawhi gets injured again, he doesn't go up into the owner's booth and he does go stay on the bench. Yeah. So how are you doing today, Kermit? Uh, we have Kermit Washington, former yeah. NBA player, uh, joining us today. Uh, glad you could make it in, Kermit. Uh, and, and next to me is uh, Jim co two-time Super Bowl champion of the Dallas How Cowboys. are you doing,
2: Kermit?
4: Yeah, good, good, good. I, I appreciate you giving me a call.
0: Yeah, and and we have uh, Jack Hirsch, who is in the Boxing Hall of Fame. He's a Boxing Hall of Fame writer, uh, so he does a boxing show for us too on the network. And he's a
4: huge Jets fan. Hey, well, well, it's nice talking to you. My my workout partner every morning morning is Hasim Rahman. So I'm oh, no with kidding! With them every day working out. So. He's a Not big a
3: heavyweight champion Hasim Rockman, best known for knocking out Lennox Lewis with one punch. Yeah. We oh. won't say what happened in the rematch though. Oh man, you know what though? Um,
4: <laughs> you know what I what I tell him, no matter who you are, if you fight long enough you're going to get beat. That's that's the bottom line. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's that's
2: before Mayweather.
4: Well, oh. Well, you know what? He didn't fight long enough. <laughs> that's 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 a that's the secret. Get out with
0: yes, and he's fighting exhibition uh fights right now that don't count towards his record. So if he
4: does lose, it doesn't he just makes money now. That's better. That's about it. Big kind of money.
0: Kermit, I, I I always start to guess uh off with what makes him, you know, what makes him drawn to a certain sport. Uh what made you draw to, to drawn to basketball when
4: you were younger? Why did you want to play that and not some of the other sports? No, I love football 10 times more than anything else. I love football. My brother played pro football with the St. Louis Cardinals. Um, he was a quarterback. I was a quarterback in high school. Um, I just, the problem back then, just before my brother, they didn't let blacks quarterback in college. So after high school, that was it. He became a defensive back at Texas, El Paso used to be Texas Western back then. And, um, You know what? I love football, but you get hurt all the time in football. You're always injured, and you know what? And I think people can understand who watch football or played football. I grew up in Washington D.C., where it is 100 degrees, 80 percent humidity. I hated football practice. It, It and back then, I don't know about Jeff. If you remember, you're maybe a little bit younger than I am. I don't know, but. They didn't let you have any water during practice. So that you have three three hour practice, yeah. no water because they thought you would get cramps. Yeah. So it was a living nightmare to go through two days for three, you know, two three hour days days of practice and no water. Yeah, you know, it, it, All, it, all of us would wait. All of us would have sold our soul to the devil for some water in no those practice. That's true. But that is true. That's I grew true. Up
2: on the East Coast too, Carmen. Me too.
4: So the thing is, basketball is easier. Yeah. basketball, you play inside. The environment's the same. Football is cold weather, hot weather, raining, snowing. And I, I, to this day, I love football to watch. Basketball, I don't watch it as much. People don't believe that. But mm-hmm. I love football. I just but, love watching football.
2: And that's the question I have for you is, what do you think about the current state of pro basketball?
4: Now, say that again.
2: The current state of pro basketball, what do you think? I know well, that-
4: well, the athletes are so much better. There, It is so much better. Um, the problem is, is that they're taking these young kids out so early, they don't learn the fundamentals. And and the coaches in pro ball, not like maybe football for you, Jeff, they don't have time to teach all the fundamentals that that is needed for these young kids to learn. Because the season starts so fast, the guys, you know, they, as you know, if you played sports, you need rest. And with the NBA, you can't go to practice and practice for three hours and then get on the plane and fly, then play, get a day off and play again. So, and a lot of the guys that are on the bench that could be playing don't know the fundamentals to, you know, to be successful. So they need more time. When you go to college, you have a good (coughs) coach, you learn those fundamentals. Well, we
3: don't hear about fundamentals in today's NBA. Everything is one-on-one. Everyone seems to want to be a highlight reel. Well, you know what?
4: Coaches have changed that. When I played, Jack Ramsey and all the other guys, um, no, there were plays that everybody was included. But now I think because of the defense and because back then you could hand-check, you could really body a person going through the lane, you can't do that anymore Mm-hmm. So you have such good offensive players. Like, There's not that many stars in the league. Well, let me say this. There's so many teams now. Back when I was playing, I think there were 16 teams. But then they became more teams as I was playing, as time went on. You had um, a lot of good players on each team. Nowadays, because there's so many teams, you might have one or two players that really have offensive abilities that could really get a bucket when you need a bucket. But back then, if you had plays and set good picks, people got the ball right under the basket or something like that. Very easy baskets. Now, nowadays, um, they—they and the players are different now, too. They're making so much money. I mean, it's what one player makes now, the whole league was not making when I played. You know, the guys, let's say a guy makes $50 million a year now. Well, the whole league was not making $50 million. That's every player in the whole entire league. Uh, Jerry West, when I came in, I think it was the highest paid at 300000 But most of the guys were making $50,000, $70,000. Wow. Now the minimum wage is, what, um, 800000 I think. Something like maybe 900000 I don't know. That's a, sitting on the bench and never getting in the game. So, the motivation for a lot of players has, has dropped, you know, back then you played hard. Well, you know, the superstars play hard every game like Michael and bird and magic and Dominique, all those guys back then didn't make any difference. How much they made money. They wanted to be the very best. Mm -hmm. And whatever it took for them to be the very best they were going to do. Now money, they made money because they were the best. Nowadays guys, they get they get a, a nick on their finger and they're gonna take a day off. You know yeah. we could not take days
0: off. <laughs> you, know, you know Kermit, when you when you were in college, you were one of only seven players in NCAA history to average twenty points and twenty rebounds. Um, and of course, your your big game was inside the rebounds and that. Um, when you got came to the Lakers, was was the was it tougher than you thought going from college to pro? Because uh, yeah. I know.
4: Right. Yeah, And it was, and I'll tell you the reason why. Well, first of all, I as as I was telling you, I played football. I didn't play basketball till my senior year in high school. And my best friend um, had a car, and it was only one car in the whole high school of 1,500 people. So back then, I didn't have cars. And he said he would give me a ride to school and a ride home if I went out for the basketball team. So I said, okay, I'll play. I I may not get in the games, but it's going to get me a ride to school and a ride home. Hey, that sounds good to me. But then some of the guys on the team didn't do their schoolwork, and all of a sudden I got a chance to play a little. I might have averaged in high school my senior year maybe five points and five rebounds. That's it. But because I was a good football player and other sports, um, I embarrassed myself and said, let me get better in basketball to be better on the playground. That's it. That is it. But I, because I, I I guess I had a lot of pride, I read an article about Spencer Haywood, who, who was in the Olympics, and he had a weight vest. And I said, okay, he ran with a weight vest. So then I had a friend named James Brown, who does the footballs on Sunday, yes. the, um, the host, James Brown. He was a great basketball player, not football. So most people think James Brown, who does the football every Sunday and, and co-host is a CBS. I don't know which one it is anymore, yes. but he, he would jump rope. So what I did, I ju- I put the two together and I started jumping rope and I got up to jumping rope 10,000 times a night with a 20 pound weight vest.
2: Yeah,
4: And so I just learned that I could be in better shape than everybody else because I wanted to make it growing up in DC back then. The only time people made it, was either in sports or entertainment. Now we're talking about this, you know, the early, on you know, this. Well, I grew up in the 50s and the 60s and things weren't very good back then. So um, when I started doing that, I got so good so fast and just because of jumping ability and conditioning, um, I improved so fast. I mean, like, I'll give you a good example. Back then you couldn't play freshman ball in college. You had to play, you know, you couldn't play varsity, you had to play freshman. So I go into college and averaging five points and five rebounds as a senior in high school. I averaged about 19 points and 23 rebounds a game as a freshman. Right. And because of the conditioning and growing up in DC, another lucky thing, I grew up two blocks away from the most popular playground in DC. And 10 of us that played on that playground made the NBA. So if I hadn't lived two blocks away from the playground going and competing with those guys, I never would have made it in, in college or pro because you need that competition. And so then my coach, Tom Young, says, well, Kermit, when you do varsity next year, if you can average 10 points and 10 rebounds, we'll be very happy. But now, once again, I jump rope every night. Then they started me lifting weights. I had never lifted weights before in my life. And so I started lifting weights and my sophomore year, I averaged about 19 points and 21 rebounds. And, um, I was second in a nation in rebounding next to Artis Gilmore and Dr. J was number three. Now I didn't realize because of the conditioning. And I think most people who play sports, I just learned that if I could be in better shape, I never got tired. And back then, you didn't come out of a college basketball game. You played the whole game unless you got in foul trouble. Mm -hmm. And I only fouled out of probably uh, one game in probably 80 or 90. But I just, every year, I just kept getting better and gaining weight. Because I went into college very skinny and through lifting weights. And back then, they didn't have good weights. They just had the universal machine and stuff like that. So I said, oh, okay. I gained 80 pounds in four years of college through lifting weights. And so I got into pro ball at 240. But here's the thing. I played center in college. And see, once again, I'm talking about um, fundamentals. I had never played the forward position. And the forward position and the center position is like night and day. It's like a person that watches a football game And most of us don't really know the difference between a fullback and a halfback. They'll say, oh, both of them are back there. They both carry the ball sometimes. But no, there's two different positions. And I had to learn the fundamentals of the forward position. And I went and found a coach named Pete Newell. I
0: was going to
4: ask you. yes. And I told him, I said, listen, you got to help me learn how to play this forward position. So the first two and a half years, you're correct. I sat on that bench. And, but they had good players, Connie Hawkins, Bill Bridges, people that were all-stars, but I could have been better if I had good coaching at that position. And that's what Pete Newell did for me. And after he worked with me that one summer, Hey, my career just took off. Just mm-hmm. took right. off. Yeah.
0: I was yeah. going to ask you, I'm glad you brought that up. So you did, you, you, you were, you did play for Boston. You played for the Clippers. You played for Portland, uh golden state. I think you played for at least the Warriors. Um,
4: What was your favorite team that you played for? Uh, You know what it was? Um, I loved the Lakers, but when I came to the Lakers, I was 21, and most of those guys were 35. You know, they were older guys. So it wasn't as enjoyable being around older veterans and and not playing a lot. And on top of that, I was making more money than a lot of the veterans that were playing because um, I was the fifth player picked in the draft. So they weren't very happy about that. And because I wasn't playing, you know, that that's another thing. But that's why I had to work hard to get off the bench. But I like the Lakers. You know, you like playing in Showtime. You like playing where you have all the movie stars and you know, everybody there. Boston I loved, you know, because Red Arbeck, um, I had known Red Arbeck since I was 17 years old. His daughter went to college with us. So wow. I, I I met him when I was about 17 years old. And um, he's kept in touch. Um, he's the one that saved me, and let's re- bring it up after the altercation with Rudy Tom He's the one that says I'm grabbing Kermit because I've known Kermit since he was young. and um, I want him on the Celtics team. So he saves me. And I love playing for the Celtics. But then again, they switch, they traded franchises. The owner of Buffalo and the owner of Boston switched franchises and they took the franchise to San Diego. yeah. And in that switch, they said, we want Kermit Washington, we want Sidney Wicks, we want these players, or we won't make the trade. So I'd leave from Boston to go to San Diego. Okay, then I like I San Diego. But okay. then Bill Walton wanted to come to San Diego because that's where he grew up. yeah. And I was compensation for him. <laughs> they sent me to Portland. So I was moving around a lot. And I didn't want to move. Um, I liked San Diego. San Diego was the only city that it wasn't a lot of pressure to play. LA, you have pressure. Boston, you have pressure. Um, Even in Portland, you have a different kind of pressure because those fans (laughs) love you so much. It's like a religion. They love you so much that you don't want to let them down. San Diego, we won. We won a great team, but we had a winning record. We had a good team but um, you didn't have the pressure. People were down there, it was like vacation. Vacation, they came to the game because they had nothing else to do probably. So I, I liked all the teams.
3: Well, you were me- talking about cultures, uh, Kermit, a little while ago, playing for the Celtics. There was talk at the time it was more difficult for a black player to play in Boston. Did you find that to be the case? Um, if you're playing
4: well, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> No, if you're playing well, I played well in Boston. For me, I played well. I think about 12 points and 10 rebounds, or 12 rebounds. I came off the bench, and you know what? With me, I was so naive. Just, just give me an opportunity to play. I'm, I'm ready to play. And if you know, you that's right after the Rudy Tom Johnovich thing. So, I, I just wanted you know to settle down and get everything going. And the good thing, let me tell you about Boston. Everybody, after the Rudy Tomjanovich thing, I was the most hated player in the league, except for where I played. So every city I went to, they threw stuff at me, they booed me, everything else like that. So, And I tell you, funny, not a funny story, but what I knew, I had to be in such good shape to be able to withstand the negativity in everywhere I went. So when I went to Boston... Um, There was a snow blizzard. It was a blizzard. So I didn't find a place to live. I just said to Red Arbeck, I'll stay in the hotel for the next three months because every other week you're gone. But this hotel had 29 flights of stairs. It was 29 flights. I took my weight vest and every day I ran that. If I was in a city, I ran it 10 times every day from the first floor to the 29th floor with the weight vest take the elevator down, and run back up. Now, you couldn't put a gun to my head to even make me walk up those steps anymore. But I had to do that because of what I was facing, which when I say what I was facing, was the, the animosity from the fans in every city I went to, except for the cities I played in, because yeah, they well, got to know me. Yeah. They, they knew the whole story. They didn't just yeah. see
2: on television and believe exactly what they saw. I like to hear that because I was yeah, reading about you and information. And is it Cutter? It was Cooner, Kevin Cooner.
4: Cooner. And he initiated
2: all this. Didn't well, he?
4: he was a seven footer, the center, and it was a rebound. And back then they didn't have cameras in every angle. Now, that, like nowadays, they could have caught everything. It was Kareem, me, and Kevin. Now, I don't know if I said that correctly, grammatically correct. But it was a rebound. And I think John Lucas had the ball and was taken off for a fast break. I put my hand on Kevin Kunis, um race to try to propel myself past him to catch up to the fast break. He elbows me in the face. But at first, I thought it was an accident. You know, maybe just his way he was swinging his arms, trying to run down the, down the court. But then he turns around and hits me in my face. Oh. And so then I knew uh, this wasn't an accident. <laughs> so we got in an altercation. And as Kareem is breaking it up, I see Rudy running behind me, and I thought he was running to hit me. Mm-hmm. And so I turned and swung. And so that changed my the history of Kermit Washington in basketball. So mm-hmm. they, I think they suspended me for two months or three months. I had the biggest find in the history of basketball. Now, they didn't care what started the fight. They didn't care. They cared about public opinion mm-hmm. and how I was viewed. And so I was a scapegoat. And they didn't want to hear that Kevin, Kevin they didn't do anything to Kevin Kooner, nothing. They didn't act like he never existed. It was just Kermit Washington turned around and hit Rudy Tom Johnson for nothing. But, you know, that's 1977. So <laughs> this is not, even nowadays, they would probably have done the same thing, but they have so many different angles. So they suspended me and um, it was it was difficult because every city you go to, you, you know, you, you're going to get booed and stuff thrown at you and stuff like that. And that's why I ran those stairs. I said, I've got to make myself, I got to punish myself so much. I got to be able to withstand mentally mm-hmm. what I've got to face for the rest of this year and maybe the next year. And I, I did well because if you work hard and you're in better shape, I just know the guys in the NBA, most of them were better players than I was, but I just thought I would be in better shape just in better shape than he worked. Mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm. So, so Do you,
4: go ahead, go ahead, Jack.
3: Yeah, you regret Kermit throwing that punch, obviously, the repercussions? Couldn't you have defended yourself in another way when someone was charging at you? And it happened so quickly. You didn't have a chance to analyze what was going on, who it was. Well, it's a split-second decision well, here, you have to make. Could you have just thrown your hands up and stepped back?
4: Well... Not really. Not when you grow up in D.C. <laughs> I, agree, not, I agree. Not when you grow up in the inner city. You you don't. I give you a good example. The year before, we were playing the Buffalo Braves, and I got in an altercation with a, um, John Shoemate, but three of his teammates jumped me. And when the altercation starts, it was like, um, what were their names? Oh, um, Aziz. I it was like three guys: Emmett Bryant. I'm Fred Foster. They all jumped me, and none of my teammates helped me. So I, that was a, just a year before. I mean, the NBA was very tough back then. It's not oh, like yeah. it is now. No, no, it isn't. Is. It was very tough because you got a $50 fine for fighting. And you had people like Willis Reed beat up the whole Laker team. You had other guys. I mean, you had – it was a different world. They didn't play back then. I mean yeah. – so you get a $50 fine for fighting. That's it. But because of the, the, the image of the NBA, they really put it to me. And they tried to turn everything around, which I think they did. Until um, uh, a couple of guys like Metta World and them got fights a couple of years ago. I was, I was but- just going to ask you about that too, Kermit. You know,
0: today you see, you know, players having fans removed because they're yelling things at them and stuff like that. And I know they've done that all, all, you know, since basketball pretty much has started. They've been yelling things at the players, booing them, like you say, throwing things. So that's changed a lot too—the perception of of what's wrong and what's, you know, what's what's proper behavior in the NBA too, uh, as opposed to the fans. I don't remember fans getting uh, fans getting thrown out when I was growing up watching basketball. It was all the players.
4: Well, you know what? Here's the thing: it's perception. I will give you a good example. I never got a technical in my life, in high school, college, or pro. Never one. I was always respectful to the um, referees because I learned that the better you were to them, they would give you the benefit of the doubt. Never, you know. And you know, the fans didn't know didn't know anything about me. Um, I never smoked in my life. I've never drank any alcohol in my life. I've never cursed in my life. I'm not religious. so I want you guys to know that. Never in my life have I ever done that. Um, and in college, I graduated almost a straight A my last two years of college, won academic awards, postgraduate awards, um, captain of the team, captain of the, my pro teams. So I was always quiet, but I, I learned growing up in D.C. and in the NBA, you, you can't let somebody just um, – that, I'm, let's not use the word punk you, but you can't let people be aggressive towards you and not respond. And I'll give you a good example. AC Green was a very good player, right? When he went to Phoenix or wherever he went, he got in an altercation with um, J.R. Reed, And J.R. Reed knocked his teeth out. And instead of him retaliating, he starts looking for his teeth. So the rest of the league said, well, he, AC Green is all bark and no bite. You can't have that. You have to have respect, or at least no people know you're gonna fight back or retaliate. You well, know, that's the
2: same thing that happened with Michael Jordan, Jordan rules with Detroit. With Detroit did the Michael Jordan.
4: Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh my goodness. But see, they Chicago didn't have anybody to retaliate yes. to protect Michael until Oakley went that's there right. or people like that. You have to have people. Knowing that, you know, there's going to be consequences for trying to hurt Michael exactly. or hurt the superstars on other teams. Exactly. And that's just the way things are. It's a pecking order. Yeah. And we as players, just like in boxing or football, you know the pecking order if you're a player. Mm-hmm. Maybe the public can't see it, but we as players, we know who to mess with. Like with me, oh. I didn't want Daryl Dawkins to ever get mad at me. Oh
1: my God. <laughs> yeah. he,
4: he ripped out of the toilet when he got mad at Lucas that time.
3: Kermit, before the show, we were talking about things that sometimes define a player. We were talking about one of Jim Jeff Coates' former teammates, Leon Lett. Great player, but he had a couple of plays that define oh, yeah. him in people's yeah. minds. Uh, the incident with Rudy Tomjanovich, you had an excellent career, but. People think about that when your name comes up. Does that bother you a lot? Listen, listen,
4: listen. when I die, or unfortunately when he dies, that's going to come up. I guarantee you. But they don't, you know what, I, as I say, they don't really want to know the truth. And you know what, I've learned, I can't worry about what people think. You can't that's worry. True. You got to live your life. That's and you true. know who you are. And you know the circumstances. But here's the thing. I tell, tell people, you know, my first 17 years of life, wasn't fun at all you know but for next 50 years or so wonderful I mean the opportunities when you grew up in Washington DC yeah my mother was paranoid schizophrenic so we then we were taken away from her you know we were homeless for a while then they put us with my great-grandmother born in 1886 couldn't read or write (laughs) so it's kind of rough so and for me and my brother to make it you know we just said you know we didn't care and that's the difference between, I think, some of us in our generation. I didn't really care if we lived or died. Whatever it took for us to make it, we we're going to try to make it.
2: Let me ask you that because that's a good point you make. Is you, do you think that a lot of these European players that are coming over to the NBA, that's the reason? Uh, you see it with Luka, you see it with Jokovic, you see a lot of these players come from situations where they, they got to make it because the last what four MVPs have been from uh, New York. Or or someplace, they, Abib, um, yeah. Yeah.
4: Um, the Greek Freak, Giannis. Uh, the Joker. All of these guys come from other countries. Yes. You know, they initially maybe have been here for many years, but they didn't come. I think they were maybe more hungry because you have to understand, crazy. you got to work. And back when I was playing, there probably was like <laughs> 250 players. Now I think they got 500, 400, 500, but that's because of the union did a good job because you got five guys that never going to get in the game, you know, and, and they, they're getting paid really well because that's the strength of the union. But like, I try to tell kids nowadays and I talk to them, I said, you've got to work. You know, there's so much money out there if you pay the price. But I think a lot of kids think they're... um they should just, it's easy. It's, it's just like football. It is yeah. not easy. No. It is not easy to be good. It's very difficult. And you only got to say, okay, let's say 500 from the world. We're not talking about United States anymore. That's true. Coming yeah. from everywhere. I, I wonder, you know, that's a good question. How many players are from other countries now in the NBA? 50? Maybe more. And so, and they're some of the best players because they're hungry. They come here and work like you can't get a finer guy than the grant. I mean, the, the Greek freak. What right. a gentleman. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you can't. And you have the Joker. I mean, he doesn't. Yeah. take. The, and they have
2: fundamentals. They work on fundamentals. Yes, yeah.
4: yeah. Fundamentals. And they're not trying to show off. No. They're not trying to be, you know, just listen. One thing you learn is that put the work in, get the work done. You'll get paid. Don't try to be somebody you're not because people can see through that. But, you know, you're right. You know, you got all these great players coming from other countries now because they saw what has to be done, and most of them can shoot. Now, ball players in the inner city and stuff, they can drive to the bucket, but how many of them
2: are great shooters? It's yeah, not- but you also got to admit it, If they're playing outside on outside courts, the uh, weather factors make a difference because that's how you- we learn to play. That's right. Were, That's right, you were taking it to the hole because the wind could bother you or something could bother you.
4: Well, and and not only that, you, the thing is, what you're saying, we play it on the playgrounds. These kids now with AAU, they always try and it's a different world, but you know, you they have better coaching, but really put in the work. The bottom line is, I tell people, this is what you got to do. Very few would do it, okay? So, I have the record. For 50-some years, nobody has matched my record in college in 50-some years. They're better than me. I, I guarantee you they're better than me. But the thing is, are you going to jump rope, you know, 10,000 times a night with a weight vest? Or are you going to lift weights, you know, an hour or so every day? And Because what I did, I just I didn't run around the streets. You know, all I did was try to get better in basketball. And it was very difficult to get better. And I just had to find people to help me. Please help me get off this bench. I used to tell the coaches, I mean, help me, whatever I have to do, because here's a good good analogy. I was like in a rowboat trying to run, row to land, but I was rowing hard out to sea. I needed to, somebody to turn me around say, you're going the wrong way. And so that's how I caught Pete Newell and other people like that. And then all of a sudden I started going the right, you know, going the right way. But it's, it's life is like that. And so I, I'm very happy with my life. You know, I have had some ups and downs and some other things that went, which, which shouldn't have happened, but did happen. But I'm, I'm yeah. happy. With my
0: life. We got like, we got like four minutes left before the show ends. Let's talk a little bit about your life after basketball. I mean, as you said, it was some ups and downs, but you did, uh, uh, found the six man, uh, foundation project. Uh, you were involved. Uh, in a refugee camp. I mean, you've done, a, you've done a lot of great things. And and tell us a little bit
4: about, you know, the great things and some of the things that happened here you know, that maybe weren't so great. You
0: got well, like, minutes, in but...
4: 1994, I went to Rwanda with some doctors during the genocide where a million people were killed. I worked in a refugee camp and a Red Cross. My daughter saw it on TV said, hey, Dad, you need to go help. I said, girl, you're going to get me killed. There's a war going on. <laughs> So, but I got on a plane. I went with some doctors and nurses to uh, Rwanda and Goma Zaire and worked. But then I went back um, for the next 25 years. I built a clinic, built a school. Um, we were feeding 40,000 people a year. Um, the clinic was seeing about 100,000. We you know, we educated a lot of kids. And just from the basketball players. Um, um, Mike, Michael Jordan would give me jerseys or shoes, and I would do things. I used my own money. To try to help as many people as i can we were feeding about 10,000 people in la but nobody knew about it that's kept my mouth shut about it but real quickly a guy that was selling the stuff for me started he's asking me well real quickly says can i start selling some of my own stuff on a website from ebay i said yeah you can he started selling counterfeit software from china oh. and because i was the ceo and the founder of the charitable organization the feds came after me. I said, yeah. what are you talking? I didn't know what they're talking about. Now, here's a real quickly. I took the polygraph test, which is on the YouTube, Kermit Washington polygraph test. It proves I knew nothing about what they were talking about. But what they did, they went after some other people that were innocent, too. And so for me to protect people that were innocent, I said, I'll take a plea agreement. But if you ever have the chance, they said, well, Kermit was spending money, this and that. Go to the you go to YouTube. That's what made them really mad. They hated me because it proves not only did I not know what they were talking about with the counterfeit software, which started the federal investigation. It shows that I put about three hundred thousand dollars of my own money and my retirement money to run the clinic. And that's proven by passing the polygraph test. But you won't hear them say that. So what I'm saying is I had to go to prison for four years. But if I didn't go to prison, they were going to go after other people that were innocent, that were older, innocent, good people. And I wouldn't let that happen hmm. because I right. am I was 67 years old. I said, listen, I've lived a good life and I know I could take prison. I knew right. I could. I didn't want to go. Well, <laughs> prison, no, is not, no, prison. prison is not easy, but I knew I could do it. I knew I could do it. So and so I'm out. Um, the people that are, that the doctors and nurses, and they're suffering in Africa because I'm not there. They're suffering. Th- tens of thousands are suffering because I used to take care of all those people, but right. I don't have the money anymore that I have because I lost my job. I, you know, and it's, you know what, with me, my life is simpler. Um, I'm okay, but I can't help the kind of people I helped before. And and that's why I said, I would love to t- help train people or whatever things like that because when you get out of prison, they limit you what you can do. Sure, you can't teach, you can't coach, you can't do things like that. Right, Because right. They, you're not allowed to. You're not allowed to travel some places like Canada or England, anything else like that. And so a lot of things are restrictions, but you know, as I told you, I'm very happy with my life. From growing up homeless and everything else like that, I, I could not have ever dreamed that my life would be what it was.
0: Well Kermit Washington I want to thank you for coming on. I thank knew you this for would coming be a very on. interesting segment. Yeah and, and and being open a lot of people wouldn't do that. So you know to, to me you're oh. great you're a great guy. You're, you're you 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 had a heart. You you had a heart. You overcame and and you helped a lot of people. So uh you know thank you again for coming on. We appreciate it. And uh good luck to you in the rest of your life uh Kermit cuz good uh, luck to you.
4: I I appreciate that. As I told you, I had a I'm happy with my life. <laughs> Whatever happens after this is it's like gravy. Okay. Take right. care,
3: guys. Thank you. Uh, for thank you. Thanks, Thanks for having
4: me.